What's up, guys? Welcome to episode 226 of the Midwest Angler Podcast. Scott Sturm and Matt Deitch, what's up, dude? I don't like it whenever you say, what's up, guys? What's up, dirtbags? Welcome to episode 226 of the Midwest Angler Podcast. I I was trying to go easy on them because I got a feeling that maybe there's a couple new people that are like, what the hell is this guy calling me a dirtbag for? And uh, that is a brand new badge of honor that uh, you can uh, now wear proudly if you're a first-time listener. Uh, Dirtbags is the name of uh, the listeners yeah. of this program. He lubed up that introduction introduction for some of you yeah. newbies. So. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> yeah, raw just dog. Sl- <laughs> slid it in there nice and easy. So, <laughs> so, uh, so you are officially dirtbags now if you're yep. listening to this. Yep. Just so, so you know. Hats off to you. So, uh, <laughs> uh, episode two twenty six is brought to you by our good buddies over at Dakota Angler in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Find them out on the north side on Benson Road. Uh, absolutely the best, uh, bait and tackle shop, uh, in the upper Midwest. And I, I'd say the whole entire United States, uh, they've got a line counter sale going on this weekend. Uh, they've got custom painted flicker shads and shad wraps coming from trickles tackle, uh, should be here in the next week or two. And, uh, they've also got the brand new Daiwa Tatula MQ spinning reels. Uh, they sold out last month. They got a brand new shipment in yesterday. So get them while they're hot, get them while they got them in stock. Go online, www.dakotaangler.com. Use code dirtbag at checkout. Uh, if you can't make it in there to the shop, but, uh, um, obviously we'd love it if you'd use the code dirtbag, uh, not that we get any kickbacks, but, uh, just, just lets them guys know that, uh, that the listeners of the show are, are patronizing the people that help, uh, help this show out. But, uh, honestly, the best thing to do would be to go in there, give those guys hell and, uh, fill that's up. Exactly. That's exactly, that's fill what up you a, need to do. Yep. Fill up a basket and. Not only not only will you walk out of there satisfied with your purchases, but you'll probably have a few laughs, too, while you're in there. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, if you've ever seen Josh, that dude looks pretty funny. So uh, yeah. and He knows what he's talking about. He might not look like it, but he definitely knows what he's you talking about. You think he about. does? I, I think he knows what he's talking about. So. Wow. That's that's a compliment to oh, him. Wow. Not only that right now, Scott, they got, you know, they're always kind of running some cool contests over oh, yeah. there, too. I yep. mean, it's not just about... The tackle, not just but, about bush lights and walleyes. No, no, it's not just about that. Uh, they're having their first annual Dakota Angler Custom Hornet Challenge. Custom Hornet and Challenge. We're not talking about the kind that fly around and buzz and want to sting you and all that stuff. Don't you get don't into need the to get a bottle nest. of Raid. Nope. Um, no entry fee required, which is always nice. So that means it's free to get into. And I know how much the dirt bags like free stuff. Jeremy Clausen might even do it if it's free. <laughs> <laughs> might just say he's in it just to yeah. say it. Um, all you need to do though, is purchase an ex- exclusive Dakota angler custom Salmo Hornet. Uh, the Hornets can be from the 2022 editions or the 2023 options. Uh, they have pictures on their Facebook page and stuff like that. And their Instagram, I believe, uh, prizes will be awarded to the top three largest walleyes caught. Ooh. Um, the prizes first place prize is four tickets to the Minnesota Vikings versus the Tennessee Titans game on August 19th. Absolutely awesome. So, I mean, that's why not? Yeah. I mean, go up, watch Titans win. And yeah, if you're not a Vikings fan, I mean, nobody's perfect. Um, <laughs> as long as the dolphins aren't there. Um, second place, a Fenwick trolling rod and Dakota Angler nice. gift card. Heck yeah. And third place is 10 Dakota Angler custom Hornets and a gift card. 
I like that. So, I mean, all three prizes are awesome. So you really, betcha. You can't go wrong getting the top three. Uh, to enter, send a photo showing the true length and or weight measurement of the entire fish with the custom Salmon Hornet in its mouth. You can either post the photo on their Facebook page, send it through Facebook Messenger, or send it to, to uh, directly to Todd at Todd at DakotaAngler.com. Nice. Um, so and they'll they'll keep their Facebook page up. You know they'll keep it up to date. They'll post your pictures if you send it in and all that stuff. And uh, it runs through August fourteenth. So if you can't make it into the store to buy your custom Salmon Hornets, go online. You know they have a couple different sizes and. Uh, like I said, they have pictures on their Facebook page of the different colors, which are the custom colors for Dakota anglers. So, yeah, you bet. Uh, you're going to be out fishing anyways. Uh, you're going to be using hornets anyways. Yep. You might as well make it those hornets, and you might as well uh, uh, have your chance at winning uh, four free tickets. Yeah, can't beat that. It's free. Get, get you yourself know? a mud rocket. That's one of the colors. Is mud rocket. Mud rocket. So, yeah, that was. That was your college nickname, wasn't it? Mud <laughs> Rocket. Well, I'm sure a few nights. Now. Yeah, moving along. Moving along. <laughs> no, if, uh, li- like we said, uh, go online, www.dakotaangler.com, or stop into the store and fill up a basket. But uh, either way, uh, uh, stop in and uh, check those guys out. Um, speaking of filling up baskets, uh, last week uh, on the Dakota Angler Facebook page, they had Marcus Quam on there. Marcus was in the Dakota Angler uh, store there in Sioux Falls, and uh, he was filling up a basket uh, full of jigging wraps and uh, getting getting stocked up for tackle. And he was talking about you know these hot days uh, coming down the pipe, uh, what he was going to be doing uh, um, to target walleyes. Uh, so a couple days ago, I talked to Matt and I said, Hey, I think we ought to have Marcus on the show. Um, you know, kind of talk to him about that. And, uh, uh, this is going to be one of those episodes, uh, where we actually, uh, get a little bit more technical, you yep. know, we've, uh, uh, we do plenty of episodes where we tell a lot of jokes and, uh, you know, talk to somebody for 45 minutes and, uh, um, <laughs> never you know there's times where we talk about 45 minutes and only three of the minutes are fishing related <laughs> but uh this isn't going to be one of those uh marcus uh uh we're, we're planning on asking him a lot about uh forward-facing sonar a lot about how how he's uh running his jigging wraps and uh so i think this is going to be a lot of fun so do i so all right marcus how you doing i'm doing great how are you guys doing really good doing really good um Marcus, uh, you've been uh, a guest on the show before, so uh, um, you you kind of know uh, what this song and dance is all about. But uh, um, for those of you guys that uh, this is the first time listening to Marcus, uh, if you would want to go back, uh, I don't exactly know what episode uh, Marcus that was. A was. Back. It, it was a long time ago, yeah. but uh, um, we'll mention it later on uh, when I get a chance to go look it up. But uh, um, you can go back and kind of hear Marcus's story on that one. But uh, on this one, we're uh, planning on uh, kind of getting a little juice uh, uh, from you about uh, forward-facing sonar, maybe a little jigging wraps. Um, but uh, first off, we want to get it started off with a couple of non-fishing-related questions. So, Marcus, I want to know, uh, uh, what's your favorite genre of music? Oh, it depends on my mood, but I would say country but if you're in the bow with me it's it can be a variety of things it just 
I like to listen to music, so I listen to a little bit of everything. Okay. Depends Uh on the day and the mood, I guess. Okay, so you mentioned country, so to piggyback off that, if you could have any country singer in your boat, who would that be? Uh, I would say Blake Shelton. Blake Shelton. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. He just I seems like a fun guy. Yeah. Right. I, I really he think it'd be a light like mood. He seems like a guy I could sit down and have a beer with or go fishing with, and we could talk about deer hunting or something, you know? I got a feeling yeah. there's going to be a lot more than a beer drink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got a feeling he knows how to bait his own hook, too. You don't have to worry about any of that stuff. You know, it won't be yeah. a guide trip. You guys will just be fishing buddies. <laughs> Oh, that's always a good one. Okay, uh, I guess mine I'm going to jump into. uh, What's your favorite salad dressing? Uh, Ranch. Ranch. All right. Ranch. I just, yeah, ranch. Or I like a Caesar salad too, but. Ooh, good. Is is there any, like, certain place, you know, ranch can change from place to place. And there's some, I mean, if you've ever been out to Hill City and you've, you've been to the Alpine Inn, their ranch is like, you could have that as just a meal. Uh, is there any, like, certain specific place that you, you, like, every time you go there, I'm getting the ranch? I know that. Yeah, like Minerva's downtown. It's like a peppercorn ranch. All right. Yeah, yeah that's uh, that's one that sticks out with me the best. But if I'm going to have it at home, uh, I think Jess buys it at Sam's Club, and it's, like, Blue Lighthouse or something like that. It's okay. in a refrigerated section. That stuff's really good, too, for the house. Is that right. is that more of a runny ranch, or is that a thick ranch? More of a runny ranch. Okay. Yeah. I, I feel like people, you know, for me, I feel like that's more watered down and that'd be stretching the product. But I feel like runny ranch is really... That's, that's kind of where it's at. That's the popular one. Yeah. I yeah. think so, too. Okay. I mean, I'd rather kind of have it spill over everything than just have globs of it. Yep, that's true. I got a feeling after you eat a ranch salad, uh, you got a little bit of ranch on that beard mustache <laughs> yours. <laughs> yeah. I like a nice ribeye, you know, next to it, too. Oh, yeah. 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 You can't go wrong with that. You're, you know, you're a medium rare guy, aren't you? I'm actually a rare guy. Okay, yeah. Oh, I, I, can, I can go there. Me. I just, from from a beard from a beard like that, I knew you weren't a well-done dude. <laughs> no, I, I, uh, the place was I like to eat steaks, if I think you were medium or medium well, you get a weird look on your face. So. Yeah. 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 We had a buddy that was with us this past winter, and he ordered it well done, and we all kind of turned and looked at him at the same time, and we were just like, what's the matter with you? And we told we told the waitress we found him in the parking lot. We don't know that dude. <laughs> I apologize for my friend. He's not yeah. from the Midwest, I think. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, uh, Marcus, a while back, uh, um, a while back, I think last week, uh, Dakota Angler posted uh, a video. You were down in the shop uh, in Sioux Falls and uh, kind of stocking up on some tackle. And uh, you you talked first about uh, the dog days of summer, you know, what you were going to be doing the dog days of summer, and uh, you loaded up on some jigging wraps, and you talked about doing it with your forward-facing sonar. First off, I'd I'd like to kind of talk to you about the dog days of summer. Uh, Is is the dog days of summer for you, is that... uh, um, is that when the weeds are, are, you know, in full bloom? Is it a water temperature deal? Is it just, uh, uh, when the outside air temperature, when you get a bunch of, uh, uh, 90 degree days in a row, uh, what, what exactly are you looking for? Uh, you know, to, to say, you know what, I think these fish are probably moving. Uh, typically, I mean, honestly, like I was at supper off town tonight and I heard one guy talking and he's like, yeah, we heard the fish haven't been biting for seven to 10 days. Well, that's the dog days of summer to me is when people think these fish aren't biting 
Uh, it's more of a temperature thing and the fact where forage is readily available everywhere. So you have the young of the year fry that are of size where all these fish do not have to be schooled up and trying to chase down food. There's just food everywhere. And I know a lot of guys think that it's July, it's August, like, yeah, dog days of summer, the fish aren't eating, they're not biting. It's actually the opposite. So the warmer the water, uh, the, they're a cold-blooded animal, so their metabolism is faster. They actually need to eat more. But there's just so much forage available this time of year that those fish just spread out, and then they just eat. Yeah, that's a, I mean, it's a good point. You, you yeah. say that because... You know, a lot of fish, there's a lot of big fish caught this time of year. Like people, you would think like somebody catches a, you know, a big bass or something like that, that they'd be skinny. You catch a 20 incher and it might be four pounds, but we've been seeing a lot of like six, even seven pounders caught in our area. So, I mean, for example. Well, you can get away with a ton of things this time of year for tactics and how you fish. But the main thing you need to do is cover water because these fish aren't schooled up. Yeah. Yeah, that that makes sense. So so it's not as much uh um it's it's not as much uh you know that that the fish aren't eating. They're just a little bit harder to find right now. Yeah, yeah. You got all these oh walleye fry or bass fry or perch fry, everything that spawned or got stocked that's at a good size to eat right now. You know, I would say anywhere from you know half the size of your finger to over the size you know yep or an inch to three inches probably right now i'd say is probably the main size of the fry i think i mean i'm not a biologist but just from what i've seen and you know there's i mean there's plenty of you know shrimp and bugs in the water too but now these uh, fry is definitely readily available weeds and some spots are kind of not as lush and green as what they were so that stuff's easier to find that fry needs more food so a lot of it's pushing out into the basin or the mud where those bugs are hatching and the blood worms and yeah they're just spreading out chasing them so now like during these days then are you starting shallow and then working your way out to deeper water or vice versa Uh, it just depends i mean the best thing a guy can do is getting get good with your electronics and trust them. I mean, they're not programmed to lie to you. So <laughs> if you're not market fish, you're not going to catch fish, right? Well, Scott says he bought my old boat, and I got it set on simulation mode, and he still hasn't figured it out yet. He's he always calling me. I'm on fish. I'm marking them all the time. Constantly. <laughs> I mean, there, there's fish everywhere right now. I mean, there's fish in the weeds. There's fish in the mid-depths. There's fish out in the deep in the basin. It's just, I mean... I would say they're spread out everywhere, and I personally like to fish deeper. I mean, I feel like it's easier to find them. It's easier to mark them. I can chase them down, but I, uh, well, before the 4th of July, I think I was guiding in like 18 to 23 foot of water where I was having my best luck. Then we must have had that cold front come through, and it changed things a little bit. In the next, uh, what, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I caught most of my fish at 9 to 12. Oh, right. wow. Yeah. So, I mean, there was just a little pocket and pod, and those fish were next to weeds, and they were full of perch. Yeah. Huh. Where those fish out deeper, they were full of bloodworms. Okay. 
Now, now you talked there about using your electronics. Obviously, now you know all the rave forward-facing sonar, forward-facing sonar. Uh, what forward-facing sonar unit are you using, Marcus? Uh, I run a Garmin with the uh, live scope and the LVS thirty-four. Okay. Okay. I think I've had. Well, I've had the Garmin since the live scope was available. So what's that been? Five years or so? Something like five, that. Five six yep. years. Yep, that's probably right. Somewhere right in there, I started using it ice fishing yep. and uh, put it on the boat three, maybe four years ago. I can't remember how long ago it was, but I remember the first time I put it on my boat, it was August. And uh, I'd t- taken the ice back and then taken the boat mount and just threw it on my trolling motor shaft because I run an Altrex. Buddy dumped me into the lake. We were up at Skakawea. We were going to pre fish for a tournament. I just dropped the trolling motor, just making sure everything's working, settings are right. I'm like, oh, it seems like there's a few fish here. Jeff got to the dock. I picked him up. And I backed off, and I go, I think this thing's right, but there's a lot of fish here. Hey, we're looking over, scanning, and he's like, yeah, there is. I was like, those those are fish, Jeff. I, I grabbed a rod, and I think I had like a half-ounce jig or a three-quarter-ounce jig, and a champ swimmer tied up in pitched it out and there was this fish like 10 foot down over 25 foot of water and I was like well we'll see what it is maybe it's a carp I don't know cast out made the perfect cast was reeling in fish is following I get to the boat it just stops like right below the boat like 10 foot I'm like I don't know maybe it wasn't a walleye and I kind of just dropped it down flipped it down closed the bail jigged it once 25 inch walleye <laughs> instantly mad right at like, the right at the so boat ramp this thing for like two years and i haven't had on my boat and all it takes is a cast like that to catch a 25 inch walleye right <laughs> I was like, it, man i've wasted a lot of my life not looking at the screen but yeah. you would have never thought to cast in that spot you know no no yeah. not at all crazy not at all research do a lot of things that's Maybe guys have had theories on or thought about or whatever, but now you don't. There's no guessing. You know exactly what's going on. Exactly. Well, you know, like like you talk about there, ten foot down over twenty five foot of water. We had we had Dwayne Gelman uh, um, two weeks ago, and that was one of the things he talked about. Was you know everyone thinks that these walleyes are hugging the bottom all the time, and that is just not the truth. And and uh, that's that's crazy. No, no, Ryan and I, one of the guys that worked for me full-time, I think before the 4th, and we've had a little bit more time, and I've been hopping in the boat and fishing together for fun. Stop the trolling motor, looking at a live scope, looking at this point, trying to see if there's any fish there, and I'm like, oh, there's a fish, yeah, 8 foot down and 20 foot of water. I'm like, I'm going to cast at it because you never know. Right, like, yeah. Don't, 26. I mean, yeah, the water is 78 degrees, the sun is shining, and we have a five-mile-an-hour wind. (laughs) That walleye definitely didn't read the book on what they're supposed to do. Oh, exactly right. I mean, and it's ridiculous that they don't always do that. I mean, (laughs) get with the program. (laughs) I don't know what that fish was thinking, but... Are are you finding that a lot of those suspended fish are bigger fish, or, or doesn't that really make any difference? Um... Yeah, no. I there's some days where I would say they are typically all bigger. I mean, the bigger they are, the bigger predator, apex predator they are. Right. I think a lot of this stuff is when we had bug hatches and different things. You 
have you know everything kind of maybe floating up to the surface and the smaller fish and the fryer chasing them and like a 23 26 inch wall open water compared to what like a 14 to 17 inch walleye would you know Yep. Right. Yep. Well, now you sit there and you talk about like seeing this fish and casting to it and it comes up and it hits and, you know, a 26 inch walleye. I mean, it's cool to see it eat on, on the screen and stuff like that, but equally how much, how frustrating is it to see a fish come up there and follow your bait the whole way in? And it's just like, oh, you're just like sitting there the whole time thinking, hit it, hit it, hit it. And it doesn't, it just sits there and like plays cat and mouse with it. Yeah. I think there's, there's definitely like a learning curve. Of trying to figure out how far you should be from this fish before you make a cast so you can try to change your cadence like right. a couple times throughout the uh, you know 60 foot or 70 foot that you're reeling in to get this fish to hit you because if you get too close you don't have enough time to change it up before it feels the presence of the live scope or it yep. sees the shadow of the boat and then it's gone yep no, no, that was one of the things that I kind of wanted to ask you, <clears throat> you know, uh, getting back to, uh, um, you know, stocking up uh, down at Dakota Angler with those jigging wraps, um, to, to kind of dive into how you're using that along with your forward-facing sonar, um, are, are you cruising around looking for specific fish, or are you going to a spot that you feel should be good, uh, casting at it, and then just looking at your graph, or, or lo- looking at your live scope and, and waiting for a fish to come onto your screen? Uh, it depends. If I can mark them on 2D and SI, you know, I'll spin around and then drop the trolling motor and fish it. But if I'm having a to- hard time marking the fish, if I'm fishing like with Ryan or somebody, one of us will run the boat and the other guy will just scan with the live scope. And I mean by run the boat, I'm talking about running the big motor. Wow. Like graphing speed, and then one guy can sit there and see if he can pick out something on the live. Really? All right. Yeah, because, I mean, this time of year, the fish are spread out. So, I mean, we can go two to 500 yards before we see another fish. Well, if you try to drive to every fish with your trolling motor, you're gonna, it's going to take you a long time. So, one of the things that we, I feel like, have gotten really good at is just idling with our big motors. While well, one guy sits on the front of the boat and just scans with the live scope until we get to the next fish. Yep. Wow. But you don't want to go too fast because sometimes those fish, all of a sudden, you're looking to the right, you scan to the left, and there's one at 60 foot. Well, if you're going two and a half miles an hour, you can usually throw that boat in reverse where you can kind of put the brakes on and you're going to get to 40 foot. If you're going three, three and a half, four miles an hour. By the time you see that fish, you're probably going to drive over it. Yep. Now, now, how far out are you scanning when you're putting your forward-facing sonar down and and uh, um, you know you're you're going to scan an area, whatever? Uh, how how far out are you scanning? If I'm in like twelve foot of water or less, I'm in that seventy-five foot range. If I start creeping out like 15 20 25 foot i'll bump her out to 80 85 and then if i'm in 30 foot of water i'll go out to 100 sometimes okay and and how far do you feel like you can effectively cast 70 foot 70 foot okay yeah i feel like that's a good spot like i think 40 to 70 foot's like a good range for me like i said so i can try a couple different cadences 
And yep. actually, if that fish is just chasing to try something different before it gets to the boat. Mm-hmm. Yep. But we'll think about it like 40 foot's not very far. That's like no, twice right, a, right. two times the boat length. Yep. Right. the way I look at it. So I leave my grid on, and I'm like, all right, this fish is 40 foot. And you're like, oh, I got to make a 40 foot cast. Oh, you got to flip it. It's, yep. it's not yeah. that far. It's twice the length of your boat. Yep. Yep. Huh. It, it is crazy. Like you sit there and it, it, you feel like you have to bomb cast it. And it's just like, well, you cast it right out of your screen. And you're just like, oh, crap. Yeah, I overshot that one. Yep. Yep. Yeah. You're like, oh, there's a fish 10 foot away. No. Yeah. Add three foot to your rod. That's yep. where it's at. Yep. <laughs> it's not very far. Yep. So- I know in weeds and different situations, maybe timber, sometimes it pays to have that backed into that 50 foot range or 60 i don't know i i, I don't know if i've ever gone as far down before it just depends how tight your quarters are and stuff you know for what yeah. you're trying to fish and pick through now now how uh how, how close to the fish do you think you need to cast in order to make that thing go obviously you know matt and i were talking before we gave you a call uh a lot of that's got to depend on on water clarity and and everything else but uh um i mean can you get fish to go come a long ways after you or or i mean do you got to drop it on their head so i think it, it all depends on what you're throwing for a bait um so i spent a lot of time looking at this thing i've seen fish come from like 10 foot away 12 foot away with like a crankbait but like on a jig and a plastic, I think you should be probably within three to five foot. Yep. And you're better to be on the three to five foot behind them so that you can bring it by them. Yep. Um, I don't know. I think I think the best thing you can do is try to be as accurate as you can, though. Yep. I mean, you want to you overshoot it and bring it by it, or you want to drop it right on its nose. And a lot of times I'll try to stop it before it hits a fish, you know? Yep. Yeah. Like on a chicken wrap, if I'm, I'll cast it out and I try to drop it right on it, but I'm not going to, I'm going to try to line it right up on it. I'm not going to drop my bait on it. Yep. As that, as, as that chicken wrap's going to fall, I'm going to close my bail. I'm going to tighten that line. I'm going to slow it down. And I might do two quick hops, like two to five foot right on top of it, depending on our depth. And if that fish doesn't do anything or react, I'll try another pop if it doesn't. I'll open my bit, I'll let it hit the bottom, and then I'll just start working it back from there. Okay. Now, now you talked also about, uh, you know, fish kind of feeling the presence of that live scope, you know, obviously the presence of your boat being there and whatnot. Um, how, how close do you feel like you can really move in on those fish before they probably, uh, you know, kind of kind of get spooked? Um. It, it, it's there's a lot of variables with that i i don't know what a good number to say it it just depends on the fish's mood if they're active if they're not if they're pressured um, the weather the water clarity i mean there's there's a ton of different variables with that i mean we fish a tournament on devils every year and we'll throw bobbers and leeches on those fish with the live scope. And a lot of times while we're waiting for that fish to eat, you know, we'll line up our cast, we'll make it, we'll see that the leech is going down good, and we'll turn the trolling motor so we're not on it anymore. And that's from 30 to 50 foot away, you know. Yep. Yep. I don't know. I've seen it a lot of ice fishing where, yeah, here they come, get ready, and all of a sudden it's like they hit a brick wall and they just turn and make an L turn. Oh. 
And that's, you know, that's what I've heard a lot about, you know, people talking on uh, the Facebook pages and whatnot, especially in the ice fishing deal that, you know, some of these fish are almost getting, you know, smart to these, you know, uh, you know, the, the, the live scopes or the forward facing sonars, uh, um, you know, the hum of the transducers and, and, uh, you know, but, but then you, 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 you see some people that, you know, in 10 foot of water can sit right on top of them and it's no big deal. So, you know, I, I didn't know with your experience, if it kind of matters lake to lake and, and obviously water clarity and, and everything else, but, uh, just, just kind of wondering what your experience was with that. I've seen it really good and really bad. Yeah, yep. <laughs> lots of different variables. Well, you see a lot of guys that will say they'll find them with their forward-facing sonar, and then once they get on the fish, they'll shut that off and just use their flasher. Oh yeah, because yep. I mean, they it doesn't spook them as much. We've had to do that, uh, you know, this winter and different times while we're guiding. It's like, yeah, the bioscope is for spooking fish. And I'm probably. It's hard for me not to have that down and looking. <laughs> yeah, it is. This is like pulling teeth. All right, I guess we'll have to go back to a flasher, which is, it, it, it works, and there's nothing wrong with it, but it is hard after looking at that screen. To... I think there should be fish by us, but I don't know for sure unless it's right under me. Yep. Yep. Just keep digging. Yeah. <laughs> Now, 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 jigging wraps. Uh, uh, I know in that video you mentioned what size you're using. Uh, what size was that? Sevens and nines. Sevens and nines. And any yeah. specific color that uh, you like more than the other ones, or? Well, I don't get too worked up over color. Um, I like to have a couple different chrome colors, like the chrome blue and the gold, and maybe the. Uh, what's the regular perch it's kind of like a chromey gold too okay then i like to have a few of the bright colors like parrot and um i think it's glow hot perch i mean i don't know if there's a color that i'm in love with or favorite over the other it'd probably have to be Black and gold's a tough color to beat. Yep. Yeah, it really yep. is. But but you like it shiny. They do. I mean, yep. I don't know. I I feel like if you jump or drop it on a fish, they usually eat it. Now, are you like, is it the depth of the water that is determining if you're going to throw a seven or a nine, or the size of forage that they're chasing? I would say more depth depth of water. Yeah. Yeah, um, and it just depends if you're seeing more suspended fish or more fish on the bottom. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't know how they catch them. Like when you're just driving along and you just drop your rod in the water and you start kind of ripping that jig and wrap and you're looking at it, I'm like, how do they catch this thing? <laughs> like, how do they really even know what color it is? Right. Besides shiny or bright. Yeah. Like those fish have to be moving so fast. Like you flip, flick that rod a couple times, and it's like, yeah, that, that bait jumped two foot already. Yeah, it's yep. all over the place. Yep. Huh. So I don't know. I mean, are they really looking at the color of it? I don't know. Pro- probably not. Bite. Yep. Yep. Uh, tell tell us a little bit about that setup. Uh, what uh, rod and reel are you running, and uh, um, line? Uh, so if I'm pitching them, I like a seven foot 
about uh, six, six, ten to seven foot medium with a fast or extra fast. I mean, everybody's rods are marked a little bit different, right? Yep. So you've got to kind of go by feel, but I prefer something with a quicker tip. And then I run a 2500 series reel with 10 pound suffix advance uh, or uh, the 832. And then I will run a barrel swivel and I'll usually do like a 12 pound suffix advanced fluorocarbon leader. And then I do it straight to my jig and wrap. I don't put a snap on it all. How long are you running that leader? Uh, like 10 to 14 inches. Okay. Not very long at all. I'm yep. mostly doing it just for line twist. Right. Okay. Yep. So I, I don't want to reel that uh, barrel swivel up into my guides. Yep. So I can keep it short so I can still make a long cast, you know? Yep. yep. Huh. Uh, and then if I'm going to vertical fish... Uh, let's say 25 foot of water, or maybe even a little less. I prefer a 6'9", like medium light 6'10", with a extra, or with like a fast tip. Not quite as fast. I go a little bit slower, but I like a little bit lighter rod, and then I'll run like Suffolk Advanced uh, Mono on that. Okay. And then if I go deeper, then I will go to a medium rod get rid of that medium light say if i get to that 30 35 foot range right just so you have a little bit more backbone to set the hook into them yep just a little bit deeper i think one of the main mistakes that guys make with jigging wraps i mean they'll fish them off pretty easy i i just kind of give it to them i don't let up at all right and i think that really helps with the mono being vertical if it's a calm day i don't mind throwing with mono but if you got any wind or breeze, I I prefer to have the have the braid just to feel it right away. Yep, yep. Huh. That's kind of what I do. I don't know if it's right or wrong, but that's where my confidence is at. Well, that's what you got to yeah. go with. I mean, I think too many times people just get caught up on like wanting to know like what are you doing, what are you doing, and sometimes you just got to find out what's best for you. Well, you could ask yeah. ten different anglers well, and get 10 have different ten different answers, different answers yeah. and none of them are wrong. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. So. Yep. I've caught a lot of 8 to 10, 11 pound fish on a medium light rod with 8 pound mono vertical jigging them. Nope. Right. And then I've had good luck casting them with 10 pound and braid. But I've seen guys where they hook a big fish and they're like, oh, this is a good one. And they kind of try to play it out with them. I think that's where a guy makes mistake. I think there's just too much torque on that bait where they can throw it. Yeah. Yep. No, I can definitely see that. Travel hook's like a really good pivot point, so they can just kind of flip that lure. I just kind of keep them coming right towards me if I can. If I really get into it, some days I'll switch it out with like a, uh, uh, what do I use? I usually go like one size up on my treble hook, and then uh, I come in the garage here right now. I go to a Mustad... Kevin Van Dam Elite trip treble. It's two times short, one time strong. Okay. Alright. Well, huh. it's like a triple grip there. Yep. And that's I'm fishing a tournament or say if I break a hook or have one bent out, I have I have some of those in the boat and I'll switch that out too. I have noticed like on the shiver minnows, I don't care for the hooks that those come with, so I switch those out right away. Okay. Huh. 
Do you throw do you throw the jigging wrap more to the than the shiver minnow though? Yeah, so I have I have everything. Right. And I still prefer the jigging wraps. I see the uh, one I've been playing around with a little bit here is the hyper rattle. Yep. And I do like that one also. Yeah. I think that's a really good bait. Um I have used the like last fall I used the big size out on Oahe and I had success with that. And then I've been I think that's a two and a half inch. And then I've been trying the two inch around here uh, this summer so far, and I've had good luck with them. But if you're gonna just buy one to try one, I think the jig and wraps probably probably the one that's caught more fish or won more money for guys in the last yeah. few years. Yeah, I see that they came out with a new one too today. I just saw that today. What's that? For, the jig and wrap Magnum. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, that looks kind of it looks kind of like a beefier version of the original jigging wrap. So they yeah, take kinda, Trojans like deal. They took a hyper rattle and a jigging wrap and put them together. It's exactly. got like a wider back. Yep. It looks, they said it's supposed to be easier to pick up on forward facing sonar. Yeah, I could see that. Hmm. Now, uh, la- last night uh, Matt reached out to you uh, to, to potentially see if you wanted to be on last night, and uh, you were doing a league night out on bitter lake and uh you and your partner got the dub correct yeah we did we did uh we had a it was a good night to be fishing a tournament that's for sure yeah it was a nice night now we're not real big on bragging on this show but uh you (laughs) did let us know that uh, you started the night off with a 30 incher uh that that had to uh you, you had to know right then and there like oh boy this could be special well so it was the Lake Area Walleye Club that come out of Madison. And last year they had one of these events on there. And uh, I fished that one. And we won also. And I think it was like Friday night. I was talking with a couple of my fishing buddies, Ryan and Sean. And they're like, should we fish that? Because you can have three guys in your boat. And I'm like, I don't know. Bitter's been, Bitter's been kind of fishing tough here, you know, this last few weeks or whatever it's like we'll see Uh, i'll see if i have any time to get out there and maybe check it out so i think i had like two hours saturday evening i think i think i got on the water at like eight o'clock saturday night and fished two hours or an hour and a half or whatever and i think i had four fish but i did have a 24 and a 26 and i was like yeah i think i think we can win again i think i mean i'll take what i had tonight so yeah. Let's try to duplicate it. And we, uh, yeah, went out there last night, and I think first 10 minutes, we first fish hooked up was a 30-incher. <laughs> well, before that one got in the boat, I had a 18 and a half cranked up, and then the live well, too, after that 30 had bit. So I think it was like 6.01, and we had our five fish in the box. I think we had a 16 and a half. No, we had a 17 and a half, two 18 and a half, so 24, and that 30. And it was like, well, it's six oh one. It ends at nine thirty. So what do we do now? Well, with three of us on the boat, we can still have one more over, and you can legally have twelve walleyes on the boat. So I think we fished another maybe to about eight forty, eight forty five, and we ended up getting another twenty six. Well, we threw back another twenty four and a twenty three, and threw back a couple more eighteens, and ended up with another nineteen and a half and a twenty six. So I'd say it was the biggest. It was the biggest bag I've ever weighed on bitter, so. <laughs> yeah, that'll do. Not a bad few hours of fishing. No, it was uh, 22.94 is what we weighed. So. Oh, wow. What'd that, uh, what'd that 30 weigh? 
Which is a little lighter than what I thought it was going to be. Yeah. I was thinking it was going to be closer to 10, but it is July, so (laughs) these fish are burning up tons of energy this time of year. Yep. Huh. But. No, uh, so so you got any more tournaments uh, the rest of the year, or is it just guiding? Uh, we got two more on Sakakawea. Both of them are in August. I think one the first weekend and one the third weekend. And then I don't have any others planned at this point, so no, just just guiding. I know the uh, rest of this month is fairly full but august i got plenty of time and then obviously september and october i can use a bunch more but that'll fill up too you know yep once we get closer and everybody thinking about fall fishing now now if somebody listening to the show uh wants to book a trip uh with you this fall uh, how do they get a hold of you uh so the best way to get a hold of me is just call me and uh, my phone number is six zero five nine four zero nine nine four three. And and do you do specific lakes, or or I mean, is it wherever the bite is hot up in your area? I usually just do whatever is going best at the time for what we know, not necessarily what everything's going or what everybody else is doing. But yep, yep. right. Whatever. I mean, I want uh, I want everybody to have fun and catch fish. So. I just kind of go with what what I think we're going to do best with. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, no, I, I think, uh, you know, I, I wanted to talk jigging wraps. I wanted to talk how you're using forward-facing sonar uh, to, to utilize them, and uh, I think we covered a lot of that, and uh, definitely appreciate you uh, uh, shedding as much knowledge as, uh, as what you did. Yeah, hopefully I can help. I know you just put it on your boat, didn't you, Matt? Yep. Yeah, I've I've ran it a few times now. Still, still figuring it out. But it's like you said that first time I put it down and started scanning around. I was just kind of like, wow. <laughs> it's just like okay, all right, yeah. Like your eyes just open up to a whole new world. Yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of guys. Well, not, I mean, you read about guys that are against it and stuff in the fishing world. I don't know. You still have limits, so it's not like you're going to kill more fish, and you still got to make them bite, right? Well, yeah. I mean, it's Scott and I have talked about this before on here. You know, the people that are, like, totally against it usually are the ones that haven't figured out how to use it yet. And once they start to use it or something like that or have the opportunity, they're just kind of like, oh, okay, you know, I I, I could get behind this. Well, I mean, you, you know, you think in the ice fishing world, a long time ago, you know, when, when the first uh, guy started using uh, sonar, you know, I'm sure that there was a pile of people that were like, well, this is the end of fishing, yeah. you know, it ain't even fishing anymore. And, you know, I mean, th- there's so many advancements, you know, obviously, I mean, we'd be lying if we said that, you know, this technology right now isn't one of, if not the biggest, you know, advancement ever. But, uh, you know, at, at the end of the day, it still comes down to the angler and, uh you know, I mean, the, the, the natural resources, uh, you know, are, are being managed and, and, you know, we got to put our trust in them that, uh, that they're going out and doing the surveys and, and, you know, they're going to make the changes that need to happen if they need to happen. But, uh, it's, it's on us to, you know, selective harvest and, and well, not and, to over harvest, you and, know I mean? And that's the thing about it too, is I think a lot of the people that do utilize forward facing sonar, 
and are catching these bigger fish are letting them go. I mean, I think it's usually the guys that are thinking that it's going to ruin the whole system are the ones that when they are catching a 28 incher, they're throwing her in the, in the box (laughs) and taking her home and flaying her up. I mean, so I don't know. I'd agree with that a hundred percent. I mean, we can say this about a ton of technology is like, well, should you be able to have spot lock on your trolling? Right. Right. Drop an anchor. Right. I mean, or, yeah, have a bigger motor than 90 horse. I don't know. Right. right. I mean, we can mark spots with GPS and, you know, go back to those spots over and over again. I mean, when, I mean, yeah, it's it's just one of those deals that people just, you know, like I said, if they don't have it, they don't like it. But as soon as they have it, then it's like, oh, okay, well, you know, I guess it, this is okay. If, 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 lo- if forward-facing sonar was $400, not one person would bitch. <laughs> Right. What it, right. That's no, what, no, it would. Yep. what it is. What it is. I'm. 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 Well, it's a great piece of technology, but I still think I use my side imaging more than anything else, too. Though. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's just faster and easier to instead of dropping a pole or a trolling motor, I can just drive and scan to real quick. Yep. Yeah. People never thought that um, cruise control was a great thing either, but now, <laughs> now it's like, oh, all right. air conditioning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, all right, Marcus. Well, uh, we won't keep you all night, but uh, we definitely appreciate you joining the show, and uh, we look forward to having you on again someday. All right. Thanks for the call, guys. Yep. Bye. Bye. And that was Marcus Quam from Real Therapy Guide Service up in uh, Northeast South Dakota. That's right. Always good talking to Marcus. Absolutely. You've known Marcus good. for a long time. Yep, yep. When I worked at Shields, he would come in there and... We'd shoot, shoot the crap sometimes you and bet. stuff like that, and I just kind of got to know him from back then. So, yeah, I mean, man, he spilled a lot of juice there for yep. us. I mean, yep. that was a very informative, yep. very informative interview tonight. Yep, because uh, I think, you know, uh, you know, things like jigging wraps and, and especially forward-facing sonar along with it, uh, just things that can be a little intimidating, uh, you know, to a lot of people. Um, you know, how, how do you... How do you use one? How do you use both? How do you use them together? And, uh, um, you know, you got to have a guy like Marcus that, uh, you know, willing to kind of break things down there. And, uh, um, because there's a lot of guys that aren't willing to oh, yeah. give all the details. Yeah. I mean, he, we're pretty privileged to get what he told us tonight. So. You bet. You bet. Um, I cast this week, Matt. Oh yeah. It's, what did I tell you? This is the pre-apocalypse show because after after this weekend, the way we fish is going to be forever changed as yep. we know it. Yep. Uh, you know, everybody's already flying it was good down there. Yep. Yep. Yeah. We we got. I guess suppose we got to get a booth one of these supernatural years. stuff down yeah. there in Orlando. I mean, we're not even going to have to fish anymore. The fish are going to just jump in the boat. Yep. Uh, for those of you guys that don't know what ICAST is, uh, that's basically the biggest fishing convention uh, of the year. It happens down in Orlando, Florida, um, every single July, best time of year to have something like that. Yeah. But, uh, um, you know, people go down there and they unveil their uh, um, their new products. And, uh, you know, some, some of the stuff uh, that I have seen, um, St. Croix Rods, uh, based out of Wisconsin, uh, actually came out with a new line of reels. Uh, I believe they're called Seven. Um, kind of a, a different spelling on it. I'm not 100 percent sure uh, what the uh, what the reasoning is there, but it's kind of like a S E V I I N. Is that kind of like the Roman Roman numerals, the set number seven Roman numeral, and they kind of like did a play off of that? 
inside of the word seven, I suppose. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. Because uh, yeah. actually, like in the logo, it looks like it's V11. Well, it's an E. Well, I was kind of oh. thinking it was 7 Eleven. Oh, there we go. 7 <laughs> Eleven Reels. 7 <laughs> Eleven Reels. But uh, um, either way, uh, you know, obviously, uh, um, St. Croix Rods, uh, pretty well known all the way across the industry, uh, you know, as. as being being good, I don't you know I don't think that there's anyone that's gonna say you know ah St. Croix rods suck. I mean I think everyone you know I, I it's, th- there's plenty of people that you know may may not think that they're the best, but I think that there's everyone pretty much respects St. Croix rods. Right, and you look at it, they're one of the upper tier you know rod building companies in the country that doesn't have a a real line. Right, I mean you got Shimano, they have. Yep. Rods and reels, yep. you know, Berkeley, Abu Garcia, they have rods and reels. Dial I never thought up. about that. I mean, there's a there's a lot of these yeah. companies. I mean, because because what do people do when they buy the reel from one company? Like, you don't see too many Shimano reels on dial rods. Now, if you come to my boat, you're going to see a hodgepodge <laughs> of you know a lot of different things put well, together. That one but, broke, so I threw it but, on that one. But I mean, you see that. Yep. I mean, guys yep. are like, well. I'll, Oh, I can't put a Shimano reel on a Daiwa rod. I mean, that doesn't work, right? Right, they, they won't work. I mean, together. I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get yeah. struck, struck by lightning, you know, and stuff like this. So, I mean, heck, why not say, you know what? Here we are, Saint Croix. A lot of people love our rods. Now we have reels that you can slap on those things. Do you so. think that they were wrong by, uh, by not branding them the same? I think by, by not branding them, I think Saint it's Croix reels people. I yeah. think it'll confuse people, and they'll be like, well, "What's the Seven Company?" It's like, "Well, no, they're they're Saint, they're built by Saint Croix, you know, or they're from yeah. Saint Croix." I mean, it's their their thing. I think they would have been smart by just going with like some form of like Saint Croix reels or something like that, because people know. I mean, they already have an established name in the fishing industry, so it's easier just to say, "Hey, you know, we're introducing a new line of reels. Here's the, you know, the Saint Croix Elite, you know, hmm. reel and." People be like, oh, okay, I got to put that on my Saint Croix Elite rod, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like you said, though, I mean, Daiwa reels and Daiwa rods—they're Daiwas, right? You know, uh, uh, Shimano 13. reels, Shimano. Yeah, I mean, I mean all, all these companies yeah, all have—they're have, really the only one that has separated their. I mean, uh, reels and rods. G Loomis, even though Shimano, I think, owns G Loomis now or whatever, but uh, G Loomis, I'm always surprised that they don't have like a series of reels or anything like that when they were doing it too. But well, uh, I think, I mean, I think Gary Loomis went from G Loomis to Temple, uh, uh, Temple Fork, yeah, Temple TFO, Fork, yeah. and then, uh, um, God, he's he's got like three or four. Yeah, of them. he's all, kind he, of been he, all over. He does one and then he uh, uh, sells it, and then when the no competes <laughs> up, he starts another yeah. one. He, there's. God, I I don't know. There's three or four different different yeah. companies that uh, that he's done. But I mean, off. I think it's a smart move by them to jump into the real. Yeah, yeah, the real game. Yeah, I guess why not, right? Yeah. But, uh, there's been um, some, there's been some pretty cool baits though. I mean, Berkeley has a bunch of new yep swim baits and stuff like that coming out. And I mean, I saw Z Man came out with a new chatter bait, and uh, you know, jackhammers are like twenty one dollars. So I can only imagine. This did they come out with a four- new chatter bait, or did they come out with a new trailer? A chatterbait trailer. No, I'm Was pretty it a chatter- sure. I know that. I knew I saw an ad, and I I saw an ad for like a new type of trailer that 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 was coming out. But I mean, they have. I like, don't know why you're questioning me live on the air, but uh, well, they have like thirteen different versions of the chatterbait. The chatterbait elite Evo. Oh, okay. 
again, we've talked about that before. You put elite in front of something, it just makes it sound better. Highly evolved performance. I don't know, something. Trailer. <laughs> it ain't a freaking trailer, you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you put put elite in front of something and, and, and evolve, elite, evolve. Yep. yep. It's Jet. just like, wow. I mean, so so where do you think this is going to fit? You know, I mean, the original Chatterbait, you know, they're they're selling for $6.99, $7.99, you, I don't know, something in that ballpark. The jackhammers are up at twenty one ninety nine. You you can't go more expensive than a jackhammer, can you? No, I don't. Not not in a chatterbait type thing because there's not a whole hell of a lot to that. No, a northern there's not much to it, and it's northern candy. So, so I mean, what? I mean, if 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 all of a sudden we've got this elite, is the jackhammer going to become fourteen ninety nine, and this elite's going to be the be the new twenty one? I mean, Better. you you can't. You can't throw it in the thirty dollars space, can you? You can't. Not not at a bait like that. I mean, man. I mean, what what? I mean, let, let's be flat out honest though. Like, you cannot tell me that for seven ninety nine for the original Chatterbait that there is literally fifteen more dollars worth of technology and no components way. in the jackhammer. So. I don't know. I'm well, telling I you guess this, we'll wait and see. I'm telling you this much. If they start, you know, becoming twenty, thirty dollars for something like that, I'm gonna invest in a snorkel and a good freaking <laughs> some good goggles and some flippers and I'm going in after it if it's yep. no doubt know, about it. I'm gonna find the northern that took it and him and I are gonna have it out. <laughs> <laughs> I want my yep. oh man, this throwing ends thirty tonight. dollars throwing thirty dollars over the side of the boat. Get yep. old. Yep. So uh uh, I think that's uh, I think that's pretty well it. You got a pizza know. review? I do got a pizza review. This will be. I, I think I'm going to go ahead and say that this is going to be my last uh, pizza review, uh, not ever. But uh, um, I'll probably give episodes, it up here. Yeah. You know, maybe uh, maybe November or something like that. Uh, when it starts getting a little bit chilly, I'll fire it back up. That's not to say that uh, I won't be eating frozen pizza between here and there. But uh, just not going to do any reviews. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'll do some ice cream reviews. I'm I'm not a hundred percent sure where that'll go, but yeah, we'll uh, find out. We'll find something a little yep, different. Yep. But uh, oh boy, where do I got? It? Okay. Uh, I kind of did kind of did a neat one this uh, this week. Uh, Stouffer's French bread pizza. Ooh, got a little fancy. Yep. Uh, Stouffer's French bread pizza. Um, they they're kind of I don't know. I guess maybe that's what a French bread is, but. Uh, I don't uh, know. You're eight. doing a hand gesture right now. I got to explain it to the <laughs> listeners. <laughs> this, this is what, what it is right like. there. You see what I'm going yeah, with? I see what it is. I mean, it yeah, looks like, like you took bread. half half a sub sandwich and and uh, yeah. uh, they put uh, put pizza stuff on there. Um, we buy them in 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 a nine like pack. A, it kind of looks like you uh, took a crack and put some cheese and pepperoni on the top of it. It's about that size. Well, I'm going to tell you shape. right now. I went into this thinking like, well, all right, you know, something easy, you know, on a Wednesday night when uh, when we got both the big kids and uh, um, you know just something easy to quick throw in there. And uh, the first night uh, we we whipped those out, and uh, I looked at Grady and I said, holy moly, like. Yeah. You this might is, want to throw a couple more in. I don't know what you're going to no, do. No, we did we, we did all nine. We did all nine. <laughs> all right. And, and uh, it was a fight for uh, – it was a fight for them. Uh, they're freaking good. Like, we're talking way good. All right. Like, blew me away good. Uh, 
says that in the oven at 400 degrees, 18 minutes, you better make it 25. Yeah. Don't be afraid to go 28 even. Make sure those suckers are brown. I am not the type of guy that, that wants my pizza not all the way done. Like, I, I'd, I'd like it closer to black than I would closer to, to, to white. I, yeah. that, that's just the way I am. You don't like you, you don't like soggy pizza. Nope, nope. nope. So make sure yeah. it's good and brown, and uh, it really gives it a nice crust. Uh, real crunchy. I, I really, really like it. Uh, it's got a really good sauce. The pepperonis are really good just all the way across. It is, it is good. And when, for me to say it's got good pepperonis, uh, basically what I'm saying is they're not spicy pepperonis, but, uh, <laughs> the mild. Um, I'm, I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go eight, four on it. Ooh, that's, yeah, that's it's, it's good. I, uh, uh, I've, I've bought them twice now and, uh, liked them both times. Uh, so I'm going to go eight, four on that. And, uh, so I like it. Yeah. That's, uh, that, that'll be our last pizza review for a while. Uh, we appreciate you guys. Uh, that's, that's been a, that's been a hit. Yeah. That's been a hit. People have loved it. It's not uh, going away guys. Nope. Calm down about it. We're just, just, yeah, we research. Yep. We're just different ones. We want to bring you more and a little more exotic ones. That's right. That's right. Cause Ramrod's got a bunch and. Uh, I, I, I'd like to, you know, get some of the regional ones from up in Minnesota and the regional yeah. ones from, you know, maybe out in South Dakota and whatnot. So, uh, like I said, it ain't going away. Uh, just, just taking a, a couple month break. Uh, one more thing that I want to talk about before, uh, before we, uh, get into the, uh, good news stories. I bought a boat lift. Oh, I bought a boat yeah, lift this man. last weekend. About uh, that. Yep. Uh, uh, up at my parents' place, uh, up at Okaboji, uh, I've just really been thinking that, golly, you know, th- there's just a lot of, uh, evenings, a lot of mornings that, uh, you know, I'm staying up there with my family and, uh, man, you know, I got a couple hours here. If I, if I didn't have to go and load that boat, you know, at, at the boat ramp, if I just had a boat lift, I'd, I'd be able to go out there. Got one, got one bought. Uh, I believe it may have gotten moved today. Otherwise, it's going to be tomorrow. I'm going to bring my boat up there on Friday. Nice. I'm pretty jacked. Yeah, you should I'm, be. I'm like on a scale of one to ten. I'm probably way too jacked. It's especially when you're talking about Okaboji. Yep. Because the worst part about it is the landing, battling the people at the at, at the, the ramps, boat ramp, and yep. you know, and like you said, you know, the nice thing about having that boat on the lift there, right at your parents' place, is you can get up at five in the morning or six in the morning, whatever you want to do. You can go out there and fish for a few hours before it gets too crazy busy. And then when it, you know, even you can even go until about noon if you really wanted to. And once you start seeing the ramp get busy, you don't, you're just like, I don't have to go contend with yep. that. I can fish for a little bit longer out here and then you can go in and. I could roll out of bed at five and I could be in my boat at five Oh five and out of the water. That's really nice. Yeah. So, uh, pretty jacked up about that. That's cool. Uh, freedom brew, good news stories of the week. I actually talked to Austy last night and, uh, nope, not last night. Two nights ago, I talked to Austy. Uh, they had the Larchwood, uh, I think maybe they call it freedom Freedom days days, or maybe it's just Larchwood days. Uh, she, uh, um, Austy's wife had a booth and I guess it went like freaking bananas. Yeah. I saw that. Uh, they pretty wild. And 
You know what next week is here in, uh, you ain't going to be here. I'm not going to be here. What so. an idiot. <laughs> You're going to miss the best four days of summer, the Lyon County Fair? That's all right. I'm going to have the best 14 days of summer. Well, so. you're full of shit because you want to know something? <laughs> Freedom Brew. Going to have a booth over oh, here. Oh, man. So uh, the best four days of summer just got a little bit better. Every single day I go down there and I eat at the Christian Reformed Church. Uh, they, they got the best barbecues and yep. potato salad known to man. And uh, I'm actually a professional barbecue potato salad eater, so uh, I'm uh, going to have a bunch of that. Probably going to wash it down with a frappe, so... Uh, That's awesome. Yeah. Hey, you have fun up there, though. <laughs> yeah, this is your last episode for a while. Yeah, it is. Yep. So, so that's actually my good news story of the week. Well, hold on, hold on. <laughs> uh, good news, well, pff, good news, Freedom Brew, Larchwood, Iowa, best damn coffee shop, period. You know the drill. There. So, uh, all right, Matt, you started off. Yeah, I'm going to say mine is that we leave on Saturday for our two-week vacation up in uh, Alexandria. So, I always look forward to it, and uh, this year is no different. Uh, so, hopefully the weather's good, and hopefully the fishing's even better. You're going to have to get all the juice out of Jeremy Kay. He was yeah. there this last I weekend, he and uh, he was just smacking He's himself. He's tight-lipped, though. So. Yeah, yeah, typical walleye guy. Yeah, he won't tell me. He won't He won't give in. My goal is to kind of get after the walleyes this year. I want to yeah. find them. So well, Jeremy when, said... Uh, Jeremy said they kind of searched around, and finally on the last day or two, they uh, they got after him, and, and uh, I think on the last morning, uh, they went out and did really well, actually. Good. So Good. Uh, my uh, my good news story uh, is actually going to come out of uh, John Grosvenor, uh, Lake Okaboji uh, fishing guide up there. Uh, he actually had a girl out on his boat today. Um, I believe... Uh, I believe her disease is SMA. I don't know what that stands for, but uh, John was actually had her out on a pontoon. Um, this girl's wheelchair bound, uh, maybe even uh, maybe, maybe even paralyzed. I'm not 100 percent sure, but I'm uh, not sure like what it all was. But like she was wheelchair bound, and it didn't look like she could really. Yep. Like her mom was helping her handle the rod. It looked like. Yep. I'll, I'll just read you. Uh, Sometimes words are hard to find to describe my day. Today, 19-year-old D- Danielle redeemed her Christmas present, a chance to fish Okaboji. With mom's help, she caught fish after fish. She is extremely smart this fall. She is enrolled in college and will begin her journey to become a geneticist. Uh, her dream is to find a cure for SMA, the disease that it makes it very every day a uh, challenge for her. After seeing what I saw today, nothing will stop you, Danielle. Um, just, a, just a cool deal. You know, obviously, John, uh, um, you need to... Need to be able to have a, a pontoon to get people, you know, in wheelchairs and, and people that can't hop over uh, uh, the the rails on boats. But uh, uh, just a cool deal, um, you know, that uh, uh, a person like that, uh, you know, wants to still get out there fishing and, yeah. and that they can accommodate it. So uh, really that, cool. that'd be my good news story this week. And, uh, um, yeah, whatever. Uh, we'll call that a wrap to episode 226. We appreciate all you guys uh tuning in and uh checking out the show um over the next two weeks i'm not 100 percent sure uh, how we'll do this i will try to maybe we'll get jeremy k over yeah, and and do something uh maybe ramrod i'm not 100 percent sure but uh we'll try to get something kicked out uh actually the last week that matt's on vacation i'm actually going on vacation so uh i'm not 100 percent sure how this is all <laughs> going to work out but uh 
uh, over the next two weeks. Uh, we'll we'll for sure kick one episode out. We'll we'll see how it goes. But uh, as always, we appreciate you guys uh, tuning in. And uh, yeah, we will see you next episode later. <laughs> <laughs>